and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, and I am joined once again by the lovely Allison Aletha. Looks like those contract talks worked. How you doing, Al? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Thank you for uh, coming back on the show with me this week. Uh, it's nice to finally get Kevin off the show. Uh, guy's been leeching and mooching for, for way too long, so uh, I'm, I'm excited that you have... Uh, Decided to spend this lovely fall day hanging out with me and the rest of these Zelda fans, so thank you. Yeah, Kevin's a hassle anyways. Kick him out. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> um, so we've got a pretty cool show for you. We're going to do, we're going to jump the shark. We're going to do our Halloween show a little bit early because we've got a special surprise show for you guys next week. It's something unlike anything that we've ever done and actually maybe i'll preface it right now i'm not exactly sure that it's going to release on mondays like when the champions cast usually releases we might need an extra day or two to uh to put it together but you're going to get a really cool episode um it's going to be honestly unlike anything else that has ever been done on this podcast before so i'm, I'm pretty excited to uh to unveil that next week um I wanted to give a hint, but I don't know how to give a hint without just spoiling what it is. Uh, yeah, same. It'll be a lot more than just us two, I guess. Yeah, that's a good hint. A lot, a lot more than just yeah, us two. I don't want to give anything else away. So that's going to be next week, and that's going to be our Halloween special. So uh, Allison and I decided that today, you know, we can't be left out of the whole Halloween talk either. We're going to uh, talk about some scary. Zelda places today is scary Zelda locations. I think last year on the show we talked about the scariest moments and the scariest characters. So we're gonna go and kind of revisit that idea. But we're gonna be talking about all of the creepy places in the Zelda series, and also we're just gonna be chatting about some of our favorite games to play on Halloween or in and around Halloween. I've been playing a uh, a few games that uh, I'm excited to talk about. But um, I guess before we go ahead and we do that. There is a little bit of Zelda news that maybe we should touch on. Um, the first and foremost is the trailer for the Breath of the Wild Zelda uh, first four-figure statue has finally been revealed, and this thing looks glorious. Yeah, I agree. It looks it just looks super sleek and cool, and I'm not the biggest fan of Breath of the Wild Zelda, but I don't know. might be changing my, my mind. Do you like the short hair or the long hair Breath of the Wild Zelda? Um, I, I'm always partial to the longer hair, but I, I don't know. We'll just have to see. I agree. Um, I Yeah, I wish, pretty much as with all of these statues, when I see them, I'm like, man, I wish I had like 500 bucks to throw right? on this. Yeah. Same. But I am excited to see it in Moss's house for the <laughs> marathon. <laughs> I was thinking that too as soon as I saw that uh saw the trailer I was like, well, looks like I might be seeing this next year. Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks stunning. I mean, I've never seen a first four figure that doesn't look absolutely stunning. Um the the, the amount of of love and and detail and craft that goes into them is is staggering and like uh Allison and I have had you know, we see most of them not even most of them out. We've seen every single one that's Zelda related up close and personal. Because I think yeah. Moss owns every one of them. He might. Doesn't he own a couple that like multiples of one? Yeah. Well, he has um, like the variants 
of the yeah. different statues, like uh, like the gold versions or whatever. Kind of like when you get that gold Mario amiibo. Yeah. He's got all those. Uh, his Zelda collection is absolutely, it's so, it's so awesome, and it makes me sad that mine will just never be that good. In never be that good. No, not even close. Me neither. I, that's why I'm trying to go for the obscure things instead of, uh, you know, the the big and, and dominant flashy things that Moss has. So maybe, you know, maybe I can just have a niche section where I'm like, haha, I got this and you don't, even though that'll probably never happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the statue looks incredible. And, uh, you know, I'm very excited to, to actually see it in person one day at Moss's house. So yeah, that's, uh, that's over on the first four figures website. If you want to go and check out the trailer, it's also available on Zelda dungeon should be at the front page by now, or by the time that you're uh, hearing this, um, speaking of obscure, I finally got it. It finally came in tingles balloon fight. The last of the tingle trifecta. And I've been playing this, and we're not going to do an episode about it like we did with Rosie Rupee Land or Balloon Trip of Love. Uh, I'm not going to write an article about it either. But, um, you know, this this game kind of is what it is. It's a reskin of Balloon Fight. And, you know what, for for what it is, it's okay. I, I, I'm about... Uh, I'm about like 40 levels in. I think there's 120. So, But the levels are pretty much all the same thing. It's definitely missing that tingle quirkiness to it that the other games have. But it's a nice little addition and kind of, you know, at least something that I can point to my Zelda collection and say like, hey, I got this weird tingle title. So suck on that, I, Mossies. Is that, something, <laughs> is that something that you have and Mossies doesn't? <laughs> I'm not sure. I I don't think that he does have the Tingle games. He I think he has Rosie Rupee Land. Yeah. I I've never seen the other two games there, and you know what? I would be surprised if he didn't have them somewhere and we just missed it. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe I'll hang my hat on those for a bit. Although, like, I guess I also don't want to be pigeonholed as that guy who just you know plays Tingle games a lot because I I feel like I feel like that's my gimmick in Zelda Dungeon now is like I love the Tingle games. There you go. It's not just lock anymore. Yeah, so this one, this one's okay. It's uh, it's fun for what it is. Um, I bought the Japanese cartridge, uh, or the Japanese translation cartridge, because I was like, you know, how much, how much text could there possibly be? And I was right, there's none. So, if you're a completionist looking for the weird tingle title, there you go. I think I found it on eBay, and it was like super cheap. It was only about fifteen bucks. Oh, nice. And uh, that was international shipping too, fifteen bucks. So I mean, there really wasn't. It, it seems like this one's pretty easily accessible to get. So um, mm-hmm. any of you weird collectors out there, have at her. Uh, another Zelda news, uh, or, or I guess you know the next two things aren't really Zelda news, but they kind of relate to Zelda. Um, right. So we got we got a interview or a report or something with one of the developers of Pokemon Sword and Shield. And they were basically like, our, the Galar region is about the size of two Breath of the Wild regions. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Breath of the Wild's pretty big. Just one of the regions is pretty big, so. I Really, like, that's pretty, that's pretty staggering to think of. When, when in reality, you could probably, like, I could probably imagine um, the Great Plateau being as big it like a pokemon region being as big as the great plateau 
and even that I think would probably be okay yeah, in terms I of agree. like the wild. But yeah, I mean that's pretty it's pretty crazy to think that like you could get the uh, a Pokemon area as big as Hebra and the Gerudo Desert all Oof. in one. Yikes. I don't know about that. <laughs> Those are pretty big. <laughs> I'm actually like I'm like really looking forward to playing Sword and Shield. I uh I had I don't know that I've been this kind of excited about a Pokemon game since oof maybe maybe gen 5 when i kind of got back into it like i thought gen 6 was pretty okay i thought um i thought the last generation the sun and moon games were like they were okay but i i missed a lot of like it's like they tried to do some innovations to the series and, and like freshen it up but i didn't think any of those innovations were good whereas like i think like these innovations and and the new coats of paint that you see in Sword and Shield do look like really cool, mm-hmm. so I'm excited for it. I guess it also has like the magic of being the first Pokemon title on a on a main console, if you will. That's what I'm excited about. I I'm not huge on the Pokemon series. I like it and I enjoy it when I play the games, but I I am definitely excited about it being like on the big screen kind of deal with the Sword and Shield. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm surprised that we still haven't seen any of the evolutions for the starters. I feel like we've seen the fully evolved forms of all the starters by now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it might be nice to have it be a surprise, though. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah, for a lot of people, I think that they kind of base their starter pick off what the final evolution types will be. But I guess there's a lot of people like me too. Like I'm gonna take grass. I've always taken grass since, since red and blue back in the day. So, <laughs> I usually always take fire. <laughs> You're one of those. Yeah. <laughs> good, uh, there was a really good meme actually. Speaking of, of um, all the final Pokemon starter evolutions were revealed for mm. uh, for Sword and Shield, and like every one of them was just a different colored Charizard. that's pretty great (laughs) you know what speaking of fat pikachu is back in this game awesome amazing i love it i think that the uh what's it called the the gigamax or uh giant max or whatever Uh uh-huh whatever that whatever that gimmick is called i just i'm not sold i'm still not sold i think it looks kind of lame and hokey yeah it's a little odd but i don't think it's like a deal breaker no, definitely not. It, it'll be like yeah. a fun addition. I, you know, I didn't like the the Z moves either. I thought those were pretty lame and hokey as well. Mm-hmm. I really, I just miss Mega Evolutions. I want those. To I come do back. too. I agree. I do miss those, but I don't know. I think maybe this Pokemon game is gonna be more about exploration. That's that's what I see about it. There are some gimmicks that. We probably go without and might use a few times, but other than that, it's mo- mostly going to be about exploring these regions that are <laughs> the size of Breath of the Wild regions. It's crazy. Yep, I ain't mad about that. One last little piece of housekeeping news uh, until we start talking about uh, some scary stuff. The director of Okami is added again. He's trolling fans, saying that Okami is coming back. Um, they, uh, they tweeted out a picture from the Platinum Games head studios saying that Okami is coming back, which is kind of a troll because Platinum Games has nothing to do with Okami, and they they don't really have any like 
any foundation to make any kind of announcement or anything like that. Um, but got a lot of people talking. It got it got us excited. Uh, the uh, the lady who tweeted out, I'm probably gonna butcher this. Ikumi Nakamura. Uh, she was, if you remember from last year at the Game Awards, she was the adorable uh, presenter that was just like, I'm I'm a little bit nervous. So she was just oh. like, she kind of backtracked. Was like. Oh, actually, I just wanted to get people talking about Okami because it's a great game, and I like great games. Oh. So, uh, a lot of people reported this as, like, a Okami sequel is coming. A lot of people didn't report that exactly and said that it was teased. So, we're, uh, you know, it, at least it gets the conversation started. I love Okami. And actually, I've uh, just recently gotten my hands on Okami-den, which is the DS sequel, and I'm excited to play that. Al, did you ever play Okami? I did not, but it's, like, on my list of next few games to play. I have a couple that i got to finish up right now, but then it's, like, right after. And I guess for anyone listening that, uh, you know, didn't really play Okami, um, this is kind of like an unofficial Zelda game. It's very, very much a Zelda game in all aspects. It's got your your similar acts, your similar story, your similar dungeons, you pick up new items, etc., etc. Your items, actually, I guess, they're more so, like, brush techniques, but it's, like, it's a Zelda game in everything but name. It's super, super whimsical and beautiful. So, I mean, if, it, you know, it's available on the Switch right now, you should check it out. But, yeah, I would love to see an Okami sequel. Like, I think it would do well. Like, it's one of those cult games that people still talk about to this day. Oh, yeah. And still, like, Catherine, she she is, like, always constantly sending me music from that game because she really wants me to play it. And she she says she's always venturing back to it, and she's, like, hardcore into it. And a lot of people that I talk to and I have said that I haven't played Okami yet get really mad at me because so, <laughs> they love that game. I Yeah, I think it's a, like, it's a very fantastic game. Um I, you know, I played it on the Wii. I never played it on the PlayStation. So to me, it's like, it's hard to imagine playing it without the motion controls, but I just picked it up on the Switch. I actually, I got the physical copy from Japan. So I just, I just, I'm looking forward to that. It just came in a couple weeks ago. So I'm going to, I'm going to sit down and, and play through it again. I think maybe, uh, maybe after I'm done with Sword and Shield. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. Well, I will tell you what I'm playing right now let's talk before we start talking about some scary zelda places let's talk about just games in general the best games to play on halloween and al i gotta tell you about this game that i'm playing it's not new it's like 30 years old it's called uh it's called night trap and for any old schoolers out there you will remember night trap from the early 90s it's like it's like a movie uh, so it's like a live action movie, but you uh, you kind of have like some some faux interaction with it where you activate traps, and if you activate it at the right time, the the characters in the game will get sucked into these traps. So any old schoolers out there will remember this as one of the games that basically led to the ESRB rating system for games because uh, the U.S. U.S. Congress was just like this game is disturbing and violent and gory and stuff and shouldn't be sold to children which is funny because there's no gore in this game and there's no it's very much it's very much a campy b movie it's very much that so nice. sam and i have been playing we're sitting on the couch and like literally all you do is you scroll through there's eight different 
monitors that are set up in this house where you can kind of view the action and you switch between them. And so you're supposed to switch between the monitors and activate traps to take out people in this game. It's like super, super ridiculous, but uh, I'm having fun with great, it. Though. It's it's very much a B movie type of a game. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's bad, but it knows it's bad. It's good stuff. That's great. So yeah, that's one of my favorite. Uh, that's my I guess current favorite Halloween game to play. Al, do you got any? Any Halloween games that you want to uh, pitch to everybody listening? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't tend to play games like during the holidays that, like, or I guess seasonally. But I do have some wishlist games from uh, the Switch eShop that are pretty creepy and I have a lot of interest in. Um, one of them is called Viviette, and I actually bought it last year and started it, but then the marathon came up, so I kind of had to put it on the back burner. It's like this 16-bit puzzle horror game and the art style is really cool and it's just I don't know it's so vibrant in that like in this kind of dark tone and there's a lot of detail to it and it's got some kind of puzzles that really trip you up and then of course it's really freaky you've got um I don't want to give it away but basically there's someone running around trying to kill you the whole time and they can just pop up whenever when you're trying to figure out a puzzle and you're like, oh, crap, I have to go hide. And it's great. I want to get back into it. And then two others that are that I've seen that I want to play is Just Ignore Them, which is an 18-bit point-and-click point -click game. And it's just about this uh, kid who's experiencing trauma with some monsters and now he's an adult and he's trying to find answers. And then Uncanny Valley, which is a horror game with a consequence system and... It doesn't look the best, but I kind of like the idea that if you break your arm, you might be screwed for the game. <laughs> so those are what I'm interested in playing for the Halloween time. But that's I, I got one for you. Speaking of point and click adventures, yeah, and and they're free, or most of them are free. And I think I pitched this last year. You should check out Rusty Lake Games. Uh, they're I think they're called a like Cube Escape Rusty Lake Games or something like that. If you if you look for Cube Escape on your uh, on your phone either in the uh, App Store or Google Play Store, you'll mm -hmm. find them. Most of them are free. They're like these kind of point-and-click escape room games, but they're like really, really creepy. They're really good. Ooh. I think a new one is on the way, actually, now that I mention it. But yeah, so they're... Um, some of them are, are premium games, and they'll cost you like five bucks maybe, but most of them are free. I really enjoyed them. They're like... They're not very long. They're maybe like an hour or two hours or something like that. Kind of like nice nice game to play if you like you're on a bus or a train or something like that but uh, i really enjoy those but the game that i have to pitch yet again i think i pitched it last year i just i love playing this game because it is the only game that i can think of that is like specifically halloween themed and not just a creepy game yeah but is costume quest oh. this is such a great game and i'm i actually i'm not sure if it's available on the switch or not but i feel like it would be the perfect game for the switch so basically Costume Quest is an RPG, and uh, you, you're you playing as a couple of kids, and whatever you're dressed up as, your costume, you can transform into when you get into random battles with a monster. So, like, if, you're, if your Halloween costume is a robot, and you go trick-or-treating on somebody's door, and instead of a regular citizen answering, it's, like, uh, a monster answering, 
you engage in a battle and so your robot costume actually turns you into a robot you can shoot missiles and stuff or like there's pirates there's like it's just like it's super super charming and super cute um and the sequel is also hilarious it's like it's all about uh it's all about some evil dentists that are trying to cancel halloween and like take all the candy away it's it's good stuff it's uh it's like it's just so it's so charming it's so cute and you know what it's really fun actually it's simple it's button activated kind of like a uh a time system or whatever where you have like the way that your attacks work is you have uh, a meter and you have to press the button at the right time and if you do your your attack is is powerful and if you don't it's kind of a dud but uh yeah these are just like some fantastic games they're they're not too terribly long, but they're they're long enough to keep you go. You could probably finish it in a night if you really tried. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I had a blast with them. Uh, they're a great game to play, like just kind of you know with a bunch of other people. They're they're really cute, and it's not like you know one of the challenges I have is is Sam. Whenever we play video games together, she's like, ah, this is too scary. So this one's really oh. good because it's not scary, but you still get the Halloween kind of vibe of it. Yeah. Uh, I highly, highly recommend Costume Quest to anybody listening. It's awesome. I guess, uh, I you know, this wouldn't be a Halloween episode, too, without us shilling Luigi's Mansion. Speaking of kind of cute Halloween games, I am, I am so excited for Luigi's Mansion 3. I, I am excited for it because it's going to introduce me to Luigi's Mansion. I've never played a Luigi's Mansion game before. Oh, man. I, I love luigi's mansion it's such like a great it's such a great premise i think in an underrated series um if you can i i would pick up dark moon on the ds i think it's like 30 bucks and it's like it's so good it's i've always been a fan of like haunted house kind of or ghost theme levels Mm -hmm. so luigi's mansion for me right there is just like you know kind of up my alley (laughs) but yeah it's it's like it's so good it's uh it, and it's pretty good gameplay too, like the like the whole uh, poltergeist vacuum mechanic where you suck up the ghosts and stuff like that, is like is pretty like it's pretty deep the way that they work it into puzzles, the way that they work it into I mean really everything. So yeah, I, I'm so excited for Luigi's Mansion Three. I think this one looks absolutely awesome. The level of polish that's gone into it. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking earlier. I'm a little bit disappointed though that it's not out like in October. I know it comes out on Halloween, but I like I wanted to play it like maybe over an October weekend. I feel like yeah. playing it over a November weekend isn't the same. I agree, especially with uh Sword and Shield coming out so quickly after it. You know, I kind of wish it came out a little bit sooner. Yeah. That way I would have a few weekends to play it before I got really into Sword and Shield. Yeah, and you know what? This has been uh I mean, it's it's been a pretty crazy like fall season for Nintendo you got you really went right in from Astral Chain very quickly into Link's Awakening very quickly into Damon X Machina very quickly into Luigi's Mansion and then in the, into Pokemon feels like there is just like an un, an unreal amount of games that are being thrown at you they're they're on top of their game ever since the switch came out that it's just like for me it's just been one title after another i don't think i've ever bought so many games for a console or handheld before in my life i was uh i was counting the amount of games that i have on the switch actually mm-hmm. and this might be pennies for some people but like for me I, I agree i'm like holy crap this is a lot of games i have over 60 games for the nintendo switch yes that's, that's it's crazy 
I wish I could count. I'm going to count and figure it out after the show. <laughs> it's like, it's it's crazy. I feel like I don't have enough time to play all of these games. Actually, and I just bought Final Fantasy twelve for the Switch because I saw that it was on sale. And that's like a 100-hour beast right there. Yeah. That's a long yeah. game. Yeah. Might be a while before you get to that one. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a New Year project. Um, last thing before we start talking about Zelda, I got to give a shout-out to just Castlevania in general. And this is kind of a cheap plug for virtual theater because, uh, you know, that's my that's my podcast about video game movies and the stories that shape them available on SoundCloud and iTunes. But we're covering Castlevania Season 1 uh, on Halloween. So I was watching the Castlevania series on Netflix, mm-hmm. and I was just like, man, this is awesome. So I, st- I kept on watching it until Season 2. And uh, this is like fantastic, fantastic adaptation of the games i'm a big castlevania fan i think anyone listening to this show knows that so that is like so well done and you don't have to be a castlevania fan to enjoy it either i thought i'd give it a shout out while we're talking about scary stuff yeah you ever are you a castlevania fan at all um not too much i i don't know which one i played before but i played it and i don't know i wasn't i didn't get too much into it but i have i do have a castlevania on my watch list for netflix it's yeah it's, so. it's pretty good it's like um it's uh, an adaptation of one of the nes castlevanias i think castlevania 3 dracula's curse maybe or something like that but yeah it's it's really good um i'm like i didn't quite finish season two i've got two episodes left so i'm i'm excited to to finish that off and uh yeah it's got me in the castlevania itch i actually tweeted out and i i believe this with all my heart the Castlevania timeline is far more interesting than the Zelda timeline. I saw that. I saw that yesterday. I was like, oh, dang. The Castlevania timeline, my friends, is like really intricate and really well done. Spans thousands of years with these vampire hunters hunting down the immortal Dracula and even goes into the future into times that we have not been yet. So, yeah, it's it's good stuff. I think it's pretty cool. All right. So we've been talking for for a while here. Let's uh, let's get into it here. Let's run down our favorite scary places in the Legend of Zelda series. Al, are you ready? I am ready. Well, let's start with the most obvious scary place, I think, that most people would immediately think of, the Shadow Temple. Yeah. I remember playing this as a kid, and uh, it was was pretty creepy, and I think a lot of that came from the Wallmasters, about how they could just drop down and snatch you. Something about that was very disturbing to me. I, yeah, I agree. I, it's definitely one of the first places that pop into, I think, any Zelda fan's head uh, when they think of a creepy place. Um, I don't think it was the Wallmasters that did it for me. I think it was the Redead for me. Or Fighting Dead Hand again after the yeah. Under the Well. And you're just like, oh, I just beat this guy. I don't want to fight him again because he's creepy as hell. Yeah, and actually Under the Well, we, we kind of made the executive decision that we were going to lump these two together. That's pretty creepy, too, just because it's, like, I mean, literally, it feels like a tomb where you see all of these, like, kind of clues about the uh, the royal family and, like, the ancient Sheikah tribe, and it's just got a very creepy vibe to it. And Dead Hands has got to be, I mean, he's got to be the creepiest enemy in Zelda, right? I would, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, the dude is what horrors and nightmares are made of. But, yeah, you know, something about the... Uh, the shadow temple man like you know what you know what kind of gets me too it's 
And I don't know why I find it so unsettling, but like the ghost ship, when you're on that thing, and I the think it's it even moves. more unsettling when there's no Stalfos. Yeah. It's, I think it's the way it moves. It's just creepy. And it's got that bell, like, it's taking you to hell. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. Something about it always, like, disturbed me as well. You know, I guess the other, the, the big thing about the uh, the Shadow Temple, too, is that nothing really is what it seems. And that's kind of mm -hmm. the whole gimmick behind it when you have the Lens of Truth. Because, like, really, you can't trust what you're seeing, which is which is very scary as well. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, agree. I, I think I that that's got to be, go ahead. I will admit that Bongo Bongo is definitely one of my favorite bosses to fight. Oh yeah, for sure. He's an yeah. awesome boss. Yeah, so I will I will one hundred percent always go through the Shadow Temple just so I can fight Bongo Bongo. Yeah, he's uh he's a great boss. Maybe yeah, maybe one of my favorite in Ocarina of Time. Um I will the only thing that I not that I don't like about the Shadow Temple, but the only thing about the Shadow Temple that maybe isn't as awesome as it could be is, like, the item that you get is kind of... It's okay. The hover boots. But I guess that's more of, like, a gameplay, not more of a uh, kind of the tone of the Shadow Temple. So, yeah, I mean, I think you got uh, to think of the Shadow Temple when you think of creepy Zelda places. I kind of get what you're saying with that, with the item. But I, I more felt like even though you get it um, under the well is the Lens of Truth is more of the item of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's spatial true. Spatial area. I remember, um, I think it was two years ago, I was uh, I was practicing for the Zelda Dungeon Marathon. I was playing Ocarina of Time, and I'm looking for the Lens of Truth beneath the well, and, like, I cannot find it anywhere. I'm going through every single room, and I just, I couldn't remember where to get it, uh -huh. which is outrageous, because I, like, I don't know how many times I've played Ocarina of Time, but it's <laughs> it's stupid. And, like, I think it was because the clock was on, but I was just like, I could not find it. And I was looking everywhere, everywhere for it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm talking, like, after, like, 40 minutes, eventually, I was like, this is ridiculous. And I went back to the entrance, and I was going to leave. And as I was going to leave, I saw the uh, the little hole that you can crawl through right. at the beginning when the water is gone. And I was like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> just wasted 40 minutes of my life. So that's a scary memory right there. But yeah, I mean, the Shadow Temple, that's got to be... I think that's that's the one in Zelda. If you're only going to pick, like, the one creepy place, that's got to be the one. But yeah. this one comes close. The Arbiter's Grounds from Twilight Princess. And uh, I think that, like, the Arbiter's Grounds itself is creepy, but I think the creepiest part of this for me is above the Arbiter's Grounds where the Mirror of Twilight was. And, like, you can see, like, everything's broken. It's, like... You could tell you you just like you could tell some bad stuff happened there. Yeah, I I can I can see that. I didn't really think of that until you pointed it out. Uh, but I don't like the invisible rats. I think that that part was really unsettling to me because the first time playing it, you're just you know you're going, you're doing what you're supposed to do, and then all of a sudden you can't move, and Midna's freaking out on you, and you're just like, what is happening? And so you turn on your senses, and there's a bunch of invisible rats on you. I was really unsettled by that part. <laughs> yeah, that part was creepy. I think that, in general, the pose in Twilight Princess looked scarier than the pose in um, Ocarina of Time, too. Because, I mean, they mm -hmm. kind of they kind of steal the Forest Temple's uh, thing of, like, having the four pose steal the fire. Right. But in, th in this one, the pose just, like, I don't know, just, like, really, really creepy, I think. Like, they, they're, they're just very unsettling. Looking. And the re-deads look unsettling, too. 
Yeah. I don't know. I remember, I remember going through, I think, I think the first time that I was, uh, that I was going through and just getting like all those rats stuck on me. And then I was, I was in the, or no, it wasn't the rats. It was the little skeleton guys. And then I was frozen by the re-dead and I had all these little skeleton guys like stabbing me. Stabbing and then this guy you. just smacked me right in the face. I, it, it's a, it's a great, great dungeon. Probably I mean, easily my favorite in Twilight Princess. I wouldn't say it's my favorite in Twilight Princess, but I know what you're talking about with the skeletons. They've cornered me in the quicksand before, and I could not get out to save my life. Those guys are not fun. It's uh, it's it's funny too, cause like now that I'm thinking of it, like it's a very creepy dungeon. But then it's almost like when you get the item of the dungeon, it's such a fun item that it almost turns everything into like a roller coaster. So I almost feel yeah. like that. That takes away from the creepiness a little bit because you're just like, oh man, this is awesome! Like I'm just bing bonging around on this on this <laughs> rail, like <laughs> bing bonging. I love it. I I do. I like that item too. It's actually one of my favorite weapon in Hyrule Warriors as well. So, I I do like the spinner a lot. Yeah. I, so I think of Shadow Temple as number one. Arbiter's Ground has got to be like number two on. The, like those were the first two dungeons or like areas in general that I thought of. Yeah, I think so too. Like okay, at tell the me, forefront. Tell me what you think about this one. I, I put this down. The Shrouded Shrine in Breath of the Wild. I thought this I mean, was creepy. I get it. Um, maybe at first. But I think after once you know where to go, it's not it's not as bad. I just I, I remember like being in the Shrouded Shrine and just the fact that you can't see anything. Yeah. I was I was just like, Ugh, I don't like this. And I was I was doing my thing. And then uh, I think by this point in the game, I had my Dark Link costume. So I was mm. like, you know what? This deserves this deserves Dark Link. <laughs> so I put it on, and I was this evil shadow-looking Link moving through the shadows and just like with like red eyeballs. Yeah, with red eyeballs. I took a really cool photo of it actually. Like I, I turned towards the camera, and I had like my red eyes glowing. It looked pretty badass. It's cool with uh, Majora's Mask too in there. Or any, yes. any dark spot in that game. It's pretty cool because their eyes glow really big and it's creepy. Yeah, I don't know. Just like the total darkness of it, I thought was was just kind of creepy. And actually, you know what? I didn't write this down on the list, but I'm going to give a shout out to these anyways. Another Breath of the Wild thing. I think that the mazes are kind of creepy. Yeah. But like not, not in a scary sense, but just like creepy in that like I'm trapped and I can't escape kind of a way, even though, I mean, even though you can. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And you know what it would make that feeling even better is if you couldn't climb out because you can climb out of them. But if they made the walls like not climbable, like in the shrines, I think that would have made that effect. It would have been kind of cool, actually. More of a challenge. Yeah. Something about like being lost inside of a maze is like, I mean, in inherently like kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, the Shrouded Shrine, it was like, you know, I, I thought that that was just, the, the total darkness, I think, is what got me. Yeah, it, it is. It's so dark, and there's not a lot of indicators of light in there. So you, if you don't have a torch, you're lost. I don't even think there was, like, a ton of enemies in there, really, was there? Not a lot. Just so, I mean, that that was okay, but it's, I think I bring up the maze, because this was kind of like being in a maze in and of itself, but just, like, you couldn't see. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I guess while we're talking about Breath of the Wild, 
you can't you can't talk about creepy places in Zelda and not talk about the Lost Woods mm-hmm. and Breath of the Wild. This is like, I mean, this has got to be the creepiest version of the Lost Woods, I think. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. Very, very melancholy and very like, I don't know, very eerie would be the good way to put it. I mean, it's definitely like a like a barrier. You kind of got the happy Korok forest, you know, the Deku tree, and it looks like a haven. And maybe the purpose for the Lost Woods is just so that nobody can come in and destroy it. Maybe that's why it's so creepy and scary. It just It's a deterrent for anybody to come and destroy the utopia that is the Korok Forest. Which is funny, because like when you actually get to the Great Deku Tree, it's like this glorious, magical right? forest. It's so bright. Yeah. Yeah, getting there, getting there is definitely creepy. Okay, so I put... I put this one on. I feel like nobody is going to agree. But I got to give my game, the Minish Cap, some love. I think the Royal Valley is, like, not creepy, but I really like the design of it. It's, like, the Halloween-y kind of design. Like, the Royal Valley isn't very big. It's only a couple screens. But you go in and you kind of have this, like, Lost Woods-esque maze where you, you don't have... I mean, I guess you have directions or whatever, but there's there's signs that can trip you up and it's easy to get lost and eventually you go through and then you're in the graveyard and then you can get to the royal crypt go down you you fight some redeads and some gibdos and you can get the key to uh or you can get the kinstone rather to get to the city in the sky and uh you know it's very it it almost reminds me of like costume quest in the colors that it uses and like the music that it plays. It's like very over the top creepy, but like I, I'm such a sucker for that. I I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I've never played Minish Cap all the way through, so I don't know that area, but I like the way it sounds. <laughs> all right, Allison, you gotta play Minish Cap all the way I know. through, or else <laughs> you're not allowed back not on the show. Not to say that. <laughs> God. Yeah, I feel I feel like no one will agree with me on that one. Like it's it's not creepy, I guess, but I don't know. It's it's a cool it's a cool little haunted like oh it's not an Easter egg because I mean it is like part of the map, but it's 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 tiny, but effective I think. Um, this is one that I thought of, and uh, this is one of the last ones on my list before I turn it over to you. I thought that the inside of the windfish's egg is actually quite creepy, but. I will preface that with I think it's creepy because more so because of what you're there for and like you you know what you have to do but oh, like I, yeah, yeah I at least for me saying. like I didn't want to do it but, but I I knew that I had to and so that's what makes that whole inside of the windfish's egg so unsettling to me and then like you're in this maze and you're you're not sure where you're going etc cetera, etc cetera. I it, I was creeped out a little bit the first time that I played it you know, I I when I saw that on your list, I wasn't I was kind of confused. And now that you're explaining it, I'm like, "Oh, yeah, you're right." <laughs> that is like really unsettling when you know what you have to do, you know, to wake up the windfish and everything and it's just kind of it's sad. It's unsettling and sad. Like really it is, especially cuz all these people on on this island are your friends and, and people that you've come to be quite attached to. And then, you know, by by proceeding, you you know inevitably that your friends are going to disappear. So it's like, it's not creepy. It's just unsettling. And it, it was very, very somber feeling 
going through the hallways mm-hmm. of this uh, of this creepy inside of this of this egg. So yeah, that was that was one that stuck out to me maybe as kind of like a, an outlier. But uh, you know, let's I'm gonna wrap up my picks. The last one that I thought of immediately when we were talking about creepy Zelda places was the moon from Majora's yeah. Mask, which is strange because it's so serene and beautiful. And I, I think, think that's why it's creepy. Yeah, I think it's more like of a you you get sucked up into the moon and you're expecting darkness and just evil because it's you're being sucked up into this giant face and then you get there and it's like it's a WTF moment kind of deal. I think that's why it's so creepy. I think it's creepy just because it's like it's too good to be true. So yeah. you're walking around and you're just like, okay, when's the other shoe gonna drop and like when's the the monsters coming out or when's the the traps coming out or whatever and it, right. like it never really happens really no. but it's just it's very it's very unsettling you know what it reminds me of is i don't know if you've seen this movie or read the book but it, it there's a movie and book called annihilation Mm-mm. and it's like it's about this uh this kind of distorted area called the shimmer and the shimmer has like really beautiful kind of mutated i guess if you will life and and plants and stuff like that inside of it and it looks beautiful but like nothing is right and it's creepy because you know that like it's not like it's it's not right and it shouldn't exist Mm -hmm. and like that's kind of the same vibe that i get from the moon in majora's mask it's just like it's too it's too perfect something something has to i think that's the thing is like you get there and you're just like this is too serene something has to be going wrong or something has to happen that is going to kind of check this. Right. So yeah, I think that that was one of the creepiest, most surreal moments in Zelda, to be honest. So yeah, those are the ones that I thought of. Allison, what are some of your creepiest uh, Zelda locales? Um, Well, I got the Ancient Cistern Underground area. You kind of go into the Ancient Cistern, and it's it's again, it's like one of those serene, bright places. Yeah, there's some monsters in there and all that kind of stuff. But then you go underground, and you're like, what the F is this? There's zombie Bokoblins, like, ready to choke you out. And you hit them, and they don't die. If you don't know how to kill them correctly, they just get back up and keep coming at you. And the, the way the music, like, changes is what really gets me, because... You go into the underground area and the music just slows down and it's just, it's, it's very like sets over you and it's unsettling. Yeah. And like the, the top of the, of the dungeon, you just have that, that beautiful statue, the -hmm. beautiful music. And it's almost like you flip a switch when you go underground. It's like, it's like seeing the backstage behind a play or something Mm -hmm. like that, where it's like, oh, this, this is what makes this look so good. And this is chaotic and like <laughs> ugly i guess for lack of a better word <laughs> yeah no it's definitely it's it's pretty creepy it's it's not something that you're expecting from a dungeon like that at first when you first walk in there and i'm, I'm glad that you brought that one up because i like whenever i think of the sister and i just think of like the, the beautiful statue the boss battle like i think of it as like a very elegant dungeon but then like yeah the part underneath was pretty creepy mm-hmm um the next place on my list i wanted to jump ahead a little bit we're not even there yet but breath of the wild 2 is coming out and the trailer that we saw 
I don't, I don't know. I got really creepy vibes. I've been calling it Ganondorf's tomb. Just like where he's encased and sealed in. And the the feel that they give you in that trailer is just like, it's so creepy. It's so eerie. It sounds like people are whispering. And it sounds like they're chanting like this yeah. ritual chant. It's, it, it is creepy. Yeah. And then you see the malice everywhere. You don't know what that hand is doing. I mean, you do know what that hand is doing. But like at th- initially... I thought it was I thought it was evil. I thought it was taking Ganondorf's like evil essence and we were going to have a different bad guy. That's what I thought initially. It's pretty creepy. And I'm I'm actually really hopeful that the entirety of Breath of the Wild 2 takes on more of that tone. I th- yeah, I think that Breath of the Wild 2 is definitely going to be it has to be different from Breath of the Wild 1. Mhm. So I think that it's going to be like the tone I think is going to be something else, like something, something creepier, or something just something different, something odd. I yeah. think that it's going to have to be in order to stand out against Breath of the Wild, much like Majora's Mask did for Ocarina of Time. It, exactly. The tone of that game was different and odd and unsettling. So yeah, I I saw that trailer too, and I was like, oh my, this is like, this really sets the tone. I think for what this game could potentially be all about. So yeah, I mean, but just based as like a trailer, it was very very creepy. It kind of like almost like resident evil style like a, a trailer that you'd see for like a horror game yeah i and at first i didn't even think it was zelda i was pretty confused for a hot second <laughs> i was too i remember watching that just be like what is this yeah this, this doesn't like, look very good <laughs> like <laughs> that's usually how i feel when directs end i'm like yeah okay that was great and then they get they're like by the way one more thing and you're just like oh okay whoa breath of the wild too. <laughs> Yeah, that I I'm very hopeful that that's the overall tone of the next game. Um, moving on on my list, I've got Ikenna Canyon from Majora's Mask, and I couldn't pick one spot in that canyon because I know there's you know there's the the temple and there's the house and there's the uh the cave with musicians, and I couldn't pick a, a single region, so I just said the entire thing. <laughs> That's okay. This is our show. We're allowed to cheat. <laughs> we can do whatever we want. Um, um, yo, th- this is a great pick, actually. I was when I was thinking of of places. I like when I thought of Majora's Mask. Immediately, I was just like, boom, the moon. Like right. that's that's the one that stands out to me. And uh, I guess the second one I was like thinking about is like, yeah, you know, the beginning of the game is kind of creepy when you're underneath the clock tower and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. that's a little bit creepy. And I just totally overlooked. Uh, uh, iconic canyon and i can't believe that i did but yeah this is like full uh, i mean it's just this desolate wasteland full of creepy like stalfos and and redeads and gibdos it's it's mm-hmm. a it's a creepy place i i agree and so i haven't played Majora's mask all the way through in a while so i don't quite remember but the music box house you have to play the music so that the gibdo don't attack you is that am I remembering that right? Yeah, exactly. Well, the music is creepy too. <laughs> Just like you like walk into this canyon after you know you've done that and you've got this music, creepy music playing, giddos everywhere. It's just it makes you want to just turn around and go back the way you came. I mean, and that's also a creepy moment too when you uh god, the little girl's name is escaping me, but when you turn her father back into a human, like that's Yeah, he like jumps out of that's the That's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh that and that's 
It's funny because like I would definitely remember that as one of the top moments from Majora's Mask. I'm just I'm surprised that I didn't remember that as like being such a creepy moment as it was because like that's pretty messed up that she like walked <laughs> yeah. him away and like had him had him in this closet basically until they yeah. could find like a cure, but like nobody was coming there. So just... I would agree that's creepy. <laughs> her dying undying dad in the closet and just waiting for help <laughs> or that little uh the the graveyard too where you put on the uh the captain's mask yeah is also pretty yeah good good call on a canyon on a canyon canyon however you say it <laughs> yeah no kidding um definitely the part two where you have to help um and i don't know if anybody's gonna make fun of me for how i say his name cafe where you have to help him get the uh his mask that part's pretty freaky, too. Yes. Um, the next one on my list was the Twilight Realm. I don't know who goes in there and doesn't think it's freaky. I'm gonna be, I, I didn't think it was that freaky. I'm going oh. to be that guy. <laughs> even, with the, even with the hands? Those, are, those parts kind of effed me up. And the giant Xan heads. I didn't like those. Um, you know, it's, it's like... Yeah, it's creepy, but I think that I was just, like, so annoyed by the hands that they were obstructing me in what I was there to do that I was... I forgot they were creepy, and I was just, like, mad at them for existing. <laughs> I think, like, the vibe of the Twilight Realm is very... Like, it's very creepy, I guess, but I, I don't I don't know. Something, something about it, because, I mean, when you're in the Twilight Realm, it's just, like... It's it's pretty much just you're in high rule just with like darker tones and like different music so I, I don't know I I I could definitely appreciate people thinking the Twilight Realm is creepy. Yeah, well I don't like it. It's definitely one of my least favorite parts of the game, and I should have remembered that uh, talking about Twilight just makes you angry. So <laughs> I got uh, I got taken to task by a few yeah, different people you did. about my so twilight great. princess rant from last week but you know what maybe that's why i don't like the twilight realm because it makes an ugly setting even <laughs> uglier by god i so love take how, that i love how you had that rant and i said yeah same and everybody <laughs> took you to town but i was just like yeah i'm good over here thanks <laughs> the best the best comment was from Catherine. Catherine, she yeah. said the only thing ugly about Twilight Princess is the way you play it, Andy. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> Can't really say anything back. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. You definitely have to agree with me that this one's creepier than the Twilight Realm. Is the Silent Realm from Skyward yes. Sword? Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. I don't. I can't tell you how many times I've done the Silent Realms from Skyward Sword. I love Skyward Sword. I think it's a really replayable game. But I always dread going into those. And I've got routes, you know, to get the tears and all that kind of stuff. But there's still that chance that you're gonna step in some. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but the water. Like goop. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> goop. <laughs> That's a good word. There's still a chance that you might accidentally step in that, and then your tear is so far away. And uh, I don't know if a lot of people here watch the marathon, but Ashton was doing the Silent Realm on Skyloft, and she had about seven of those flying ones chasing her around until she could finally get a tear. And it was just the most insane moment of the marathon, in my opinion. It was scary. 
but it was also kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I, these are... I think that, like, these are really, really underrated gameplay moments from... Not even just Skyward Sword, but just in Zelda. I see people complain about the Silent Realm all the time. And I'm like, yeah. man, this is so, so, so much better than collecting tears in Twilight Princess. You can't even uh, lump yeah, them in the same yeah. category. Like, yeah. there's, there, it's so much better. I think it's, like, it's creepy. It's intense. Like, to, to have that feeling of intensity when, like, literally nothing around you is moving. Like, nothing's moving, but you know that things can go wrong at any second. Right. Or like, one wrong move, and it's, like, it's over. And when you do activate, like, when you step into, as we called it, the goop, and you get all of the guardians chasing you, it's like, oh, boy. You know, yeah. we gotta, like, we better haul ass to the next, to the next tier. So, yeah, it's, it's a crazy, intense moment, I feel like. Both when you're being chased, which is creepy, and mm -hmm. then also when, like, you're trying to sneak around. I, I think those are, like such good moments and the thing about those two is that they're like they're small like you get them in in manageable doses i think yeah i can agree with that whereas twilight princess it's more it's way longer and good call i can't believe i forgot that yeah definitely and you know what's so funny is that you know nothing's bad bad is gonna happen to you when you get caught but it's still terrifying when they're, you're being chased in there you have um, to start over, though, when you get caught, right? Yeah, but, like, that's not the worst thing that could happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not. Well, I mean, it is if it's, if it's like, you've got one tier left. Yeah, I guess I that's pretty. That. That's pretty brutal. My point is that it's just scary all around. It, yes, it is. Um. Okay, and then my last pick was... It's actually one of my more softer picks than some of the other ones that we've been talking about, but the Earth Temple in Wind Waker. All right, all right. Um... It's, you just, like, you're playing this game, it's, you know, you got the cell shading, it's all cartoony, people aren't sure about it, because, you know, you've had, you had Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, both really great Zelda games, and then all of a sudden you got Wind Waker, and people were concerned. I think it's a great game, but it's happy, you got this great music, and then you just, you get into this, this temple, and it's kind of like, uh, this is kind of creepy, what happened? I think the, the thing about the Earth Temple that I, I don't know that I would say that it creeped me out, but the thing about the Earth Temple is that music and mm -hmm. it it just like gets you. It sets the tone like you've got the very deep drums like the doof, 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 like over and over. Yeah. And it's like very it's like rhythmic and like hypnotizing almost like it's very like um, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is. But it really, it, it's kind of like reverberating around you everywhere. And it's like subliminal um, mm -hmm. in that dungeon. And it kind of gives you that feel for it. Like that's, when I think of the Earth Temple, that's the first thing that I remember all the time is just the pounding of that of that drum and the music. Mm -hmm. And kind of like the, the creepy cries that come with it. So like based, you know, based off that, I think that that music really stays with you. And it's like, it almost makes me think of like, of like I don't know those those like horror movies where they they have those sound activator things that turn people into like crazy killers when they hear a tone or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what that music makes me think of. So like <laughs> I I don't know that I think the dungeon is creepy, but like the music I feel I, if you could take that music and like put it into let's say the shadow temple, like man that would be something else. Yeah, I I can get with you uh on that idea. Um, I gotta give one shout out here. 
and everyone's gonna hate me for this i'm gonna give a shout out to an area in tingle's balloon trip of love <laughs> it's chat it's chapter four it's the haunted woods you could you could argue that the entire game is really creepy for all the wrong reasons but this one is it's a creepy little haunted wood area uh it, it's it's again it's like very halloweeny so uh i i won't elaborate other than that you find you find your pal lion in this area which is appropriate because he's very cowardly even though he's so big and strong mm-hmm. so that one's fresh on my mind since i just uh stopped playing that game not that long ago so yeah tingles balloon trip of love the whole game is creepy <laughs> the whole thing from start to finish so there it is our creepiest locales and destinations in the legend of zelda series um we want to know what your creepiest places in the series are uh, definitely tweet at us let us know in the comments uh allison thanks for uh for coming on the show with me this week that was fun yeah always a pleasure uh, i'm sure that we will we will see you uh, in the not too distant future probably next next week if we're being honest um yeah. but yeah like i mentioned next week we've got something special planned for you i don't want to promise that it'll be out on monday because i can't make that promise but we're definitely going to get it out for you the week of halloween um, I'm excited for it. It's going to be cool. In the meantime, we want you to head on over to iTunes, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. Like, subscribe, uh, leave us a review, comment, etc. Um, until then, you can find me on Twitter at Spateri316. You can find Allison on Twitter at Allison Aletha. That's going to do it for us. Happy Halloween, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.